Welcome back to Edgework here on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. You can find us here every one of those days on the Edgework YouTube channel. So if you enjoy the content, please make sure to like this stream as well as subscribe to the channel. You get to see all the daily live shows previewing the games that night as well as our new Wednesday podcast with David Pagnotta, Dennis Bernstein, and Zach Bodenstein as they look around the league, uh, break down trades, rumors, uh, potential players who could be on the move, looking ahead to futures markets, whether it be for player awards, uh, teams, conference division, or just Stanley Cup winners. So make sure to check that out as we get to the trade deadline here. You're going to see David Pagnotta's name pop up on Twitter. A whole lot more discussing players that are uh, potentially on the move or breaking trades as they happen. So you're not going to want to miss his insight on that Wednesday show. So make sure to subscribe to the Edgework channel so you get notified when that comes out. But Matt, Todd, before we can get into anything here, I got to ask you guys, last Tuesday, we saw it. There was an Eagles jersey dawned on this show. Todd, how you doing, man? Not the best. That was... <laughs> I mean, like, all the boxes I wanted to see checked with regards to the Eagles having a real chance to win the game, like, happened, and they still lost. And then, like, the way they lost... Honestly, like, it, it was a penalty probably, but, like, it just sucks to, like, lose that way. Like because it erased any chance they had of winning realistically. And then as a cherry on top, I had 6,000 odds boosts across every <laughs> sports book on the planet that had Mahomes for over 200 yards. And he couldn't even get me that as like a little, um, a little bittersweet win. So it was, <laughs> I was just down bad in every way. Well, anytime uh, you can let a guy with a high ankle, a four-week high ankle sprain, just run 25 yards straight up the middle of the field to get into field goal range in the first place, I think you got to do it. So, yeah, yeah, we can go ahead and uh, not that you are by any means. You're taking a very sort of tactful approach when it comes to the officiating, but it's always funny how it always comes down to the officials. Somebody got screwed, the script, and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, just needs to calm down. You're handling it well, Todd. I feel good about it, buddy. This is this is showing some growth and some maturity in you. I'm really I'm impressed because you know before we got on here, Zach was just was still wiping up his tears from Saturday night and the Leafs <laughs> lost to the Blue Jackets. And I mean that's just a February regular season game. So the fact that you're able to kind of keep it together while Zach is just, you know, wondering whether there's meaning to life at this point is is really truly uh, an impressive feat on your part, Todd. But, Thank, uh, you. Thank you. Well, I just want to say, uh, I mean, Todd's taking this like the Leafs, you know, you, you learn your lessons and uh, we move forward and we'll, we'll be better next year. We'll be back next year. So it's just like that's it. We're on the same page here. We're on the same page. Uh, a Saturday night loss in February to Columbus. Oh, we're learning lessons. We're learning lessons. It'll make us stronger down the road. I learned a lesson. You get, we're, we're, we're skipping right over maybe the you know biggest colossal, you know, I guess we'll call it a fail of, of the entire weekend. Connor McDavid on Sunday afternoon, feel free to show up, my man. I want the Hart Trophy, the Art Ross Trophy, and the probable Rocket Richard Trophy revoked, revoked. from Connor McDavid. I want this is outrageous, you know. And I, and I don't even feel like you know I you dragged me into this, Zach, with the like last minute. Hey, do you have any crossover props? And I'm like, well, if there's one human being on the face of the earth who wears skates to rely on here. It's Connor McDavid. 
zero points against the Montreal Canadiens. So ridiculous that Alex isn't even here right now because he's on a <laughs> two-day bender because the Canadians actually won a couple of games this weekend. So, you know, again, I'm sorry to everybody. You know, I thought Connor McDavid could put up at least two points. I, I made sure that morning to look up his uh, point total. He was minus 200 to go over one and a half points. I'm like, <laughs> well, here we go. Like, let's just put up two and dare Patrick Mahomes to beat us. Now, the good news is Patrick Mahomes, against sorry, Todd, did end up throwing for three touchdowns on Sunday night. So I would have needed, you know, three points from Connor McDavid for a push. So, you know, Mahomes making me feel a little bit better from that standpoint. But, you know, while Zach saw, you know, uh, wiping up the tears from Saturday night and Todd is pre-sad about what's about to happen, I was just as annoyed with Connor McDavid. But luckily, we won basically every prop on the face of the earth come the actual game. So as long as I don't have to mix sports, I think I'm probably pretty good when it comes to this football uh, handicapping thing. Even though, Zach, I'm still waiting for the invite to the lives, the four-hour live stream <laughs> for, uh, for that you guys did. That's fine. Five hours next year, and I'll get in. I'll get in on that. Well, we got to replace the people who lost. That's the rule of the show. You lose your pick, you're out next year. So we'll have open spots, that's for sure. Uh, on the on that show but uh, you're also you glanced over the fact that Alex is on a bender right now but it's not because he's happy that the Habs won he's drinking away his sorrows about the fact that they're moving points away from the possibility of getting Connor Bedard in that in the lottery so that's why he's not here he's upset about that Um, but (laughs) I imagine there was about a five I imagine there was about a five-minute period on Saturday where he couldn't have been more happy because the Blue Jackets were closing out a victory and uh, Montreal was <laughs> theoretically going to lose. But then, uh, of course, that didn't yeah. end up happening. And then they won again yeah. on Sunday. So, All right, let's get into our picks for today. We got a let's ton of games, so we'll break through, we'll break down all of them. If you have opinions on them, we'll, we'll give those out, look at them, and then, of course, we'll get into our games with uh, with best bets. So we'll start with the Carolina-Washington game. Carolina heading to Washington tonight and uh, talking about teams making up distance here or improving gaps on the Leafs. The Carolina has now opened it up and is moving ahead of the Leafs in the Eastern Conference overall. They are first in the Metro right now, three points up on the Devils, same amount of games played, six points up on the in the on the Rangers, excuse me, they have one game in hand on them. And this Carolina team, despite Pacioretty going down, they continue to roll just like they were before he even came back and joined them. They are 8-1-1 one, one in their last 10. Going on the road tonight, 17-4-6 on the road on the season for Carolina. And uh, they're facing a Washington team who's going to be in desperate need of continuing to add points, whether it be from wins or at least getting to overtime and even taking the point there. This team is first in the wild card right now, but it is tight in the East as these standings break down. One point up on Pittsburgh, uh, two points up on the Islanders, and then uh, you even look there, eight points back of the Rangers if you try to vault themselves into a position in the top three there. Five and five in their last ten. 14, 9, and 3 at home for this Capitals team. Uh, Matt, when you look at this game tonight between Carolina and Washington, is there kind of a side you would lean to uh, in, in this one, Carolina being so good on the road, but then also facing the desperation factor of Washington needing points here? Yeah, and, and you know me, Zach, right? When it comes down to it, I, the lean is w- where the numbers take me. 
it's it's a true lean situation here. We're at, I think, you know, I see like a plus 141 out there for the Capitals. If we're so we're leaning, we're ready to tip over. You know, Superbook has a plus 145. I don't think anybody's flying to Vegas just to buy uh, the Capitals tonight. Uh, leaning, <laughs> leaning. And if we tip over to plus 150, plus 150 is my buy point on the Capitals tonight. So nothing as of yet, but as you said, we you know we're leaning, and if we can just tip over to plus one fifty, uh, I I will take a run at the with the Capitals, but uh, definitely not on the uh, Hurricanes, even though that's a team that I've been regularly backing for the last couple of months. Todd, would there be a lean for you in this one, or is this kind of just a stay away game? Uh, I was leaning the Capitals this morning, but now Ovechkin's out, so I'm just probably going to stay away. Like if the number gets ridiculous, maybe I'll jump on the Caps, but I'm probably happy just to sit this one out. All right, so we'll move on there. Uh, Chicago, Montreal. Chicago heading to Montreal in this one tonight. This is uh, this is the battle of Bedard, the Bedard Bowl. This was the one that Alex is going to be getting up for tonight, cheering for all the games against as you're looking at two of the bottom teams here. Uh, Chicago, second last in the NHL. Um, that that win against uh, the, the Leafs the other night for Columbus probably helped Chicago out a little bit as they look at Columbus climbing up in points, getting closer to them. This team is 6-14-2 and two on the road, uh, facing off against a Montreal team who's actually pretty good at home, 13-4-1 and one this season. Um, Matt, <laughs> again, another lean in this one at all, or is this one could just completely one of the, uh, the ugly games that you just... Uh, we'll see what happens in the morning. Yeah, this is an absolute hard pass. This is one for the sickos, right? This is, as you mentioned, right, the draft... Uh, you know, our, our friend, so money, uh, he's, you know, he's going to be locked into this one, you know, keeping the fingers crossed for, uh, for a three point game. I always yep. get a, you know, weird kick out of it when the coyotes and Blackhawks and the Blackhawks and the Habs and the, you know, all these teams, they go to, they go to overtime and I go, I know there's one man out there who's going to be pleased about it. Uh, this is, you know, again, fair, fairly priced in that it's unfairly priced for both sides. Like as if there's a world in which I'm looking to lay any kind of, you know, price with the Canadians, you know, minus 140s out there, hard pass on that. And then when it comes to the Blackhawks going on the road, you know, it's easy to sort of look at this and be like, yeah, these two, two really bad teams. And when two really bad teams play each other, you know, take the points, i.e. take them, you know, plus uh, price on the money line. No, not not at not at just plus 120 sort of on average here for the Blackhawks. So it's not like you're looking to watch this game either, right? This isn't one that you're like tuning in on a Tuesday. Got to check out what's going on with the Blackhawks and the Canadians here. Got to get something down so that I have <laughs> so that I have some action on. No, we can don't even look at the score tomorrow. Not even that important, right? Just we'll figure it out later who who finishes dead last uh, or near it in the NHL. Well, I'll say this. If you're looking at these games for an interesting reason to watch them, for me now, especially with what happened with Chikrin on Saturday, the interesting thing to watch is who's getting pulled out of games and who's getting scratched. Right. Because that'll be a teller of, yeah, these guys were on the block. They were being speculated to move. But maybe a, uh, a healthy scratch is, makes the trade more imminent than, uh, than it prior previously was so those will be the interesting ones for me in these types of matchups you see patrick Kane all of a sudden's out and then whoa wait a minute (laughs) right and then yeah and then you get guys i mean there are guys i watched again you know way too much i think five minutes uh of that oilers canadians game on sunday and uh and i watched the overtime and, and the late game of the game on saturday night and man montreal is running out a bunch of guys with just made up nhl you know player names like 
It is unbelievable. And good for them. And honestly, it's oh. who are getting this opportunity because the Canadians list of of their roster of their injured players is so oh did i lose you guys no you're good no, now oh sorry you're um, going back yeah, yeah okay yeah you froze on my end um no i was just gonna say that the canadians have all these guys who are getting their chance right and so we can sit here and say okay like this guy's out and we have to downgrade this team because of all these guys being out like the canadians with their injured um you know their injured list but then you bring these guys up who are professional hockey players i might not know their name their might name their name might sound made up but they're trying you know harder in a lot of cases than some of these teams with you know veteran guys and with the blackhawks end up trading patrick kane or trading jonathan taze it's going to seem like they're kind of giving up on the season but it's going to put somebody who's going to try harder if you will right like uh, their career is on the line for some of these guys when it comes to like oh am i just going back to the ahl or am i going to be able to score 10 goals down the stretch and when we're talking about handicapping these games and figuring out who's you know trying to play on any given night canadians are trying to play here Right, their their guys are 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 not household names, but they're still pretty good hockey players. There isn't an exact amount of hockey players that like the line isn't the NHL, right? There's probably like seven hundred players that could be in the NHL. It's just a matter of opportunity, right? They can only fit so many players on the roster, and so a lot of these guys end up playing just as well as what they're you know who they're replacing in a lot of cases. Yeah, so as hard as you try to tank there or pull guys out of the lineup, you could end up with that situation. Yeah, unless I get out there, no one's <laughs> yeah. actually, you know what I mean? No one's actually tanking. May, you know what? Listen, if, if I get the right chemistry with uh, my line mates, maybe I end up firing a couple of goals in for the Habs. Who knows? <laughs> Never know. Uh, and yeah. I, I even forgot about this, but Rich H bringing up the Carolina-Washington game as a preview to Saturday's outdoor game. I, for, I forgot I mean, that that was, was even... One. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. I I forgot. It was until I saw that comment, it just like jogged my memory that that was even a thing because it's it's being played in rally this year, uh, that outdoor game. But it kind of just goes to show the uh, the NHL's marketing presence that they've got going on with the fact that we're sitting here as a hockey show that didn't even realize (laughs) that that was a thing that was going on, but. It That's is a what great it is. heads up, though. That's a great heads up from him because now I can mark that that game's essentially a neutral site game because I feel like all mm-hmm. these outdoor games, there's no home ice advantage in this. Like, yes, it's going to be played in Carolina, but as if Carolina yeah. has a, sort of any familiarity to it. So that's going to change, you know, my my number equation on this. So shout out to uh, to him for letting us know that because I honestly we could have got to Saturday and I would absolutely still not know that there was an outdoor game because <laughs> of as you mentioned, the NHL's marketing is sus. Real quick, uh, Matt, you mentioned that only a sicko would have a play in the Habs game, and I do actually have one that I oh, made okay. recently. Perfect. Uh, okay. Yeah, I played under six and a half, minus 118. Um, both teams are bottom five and high danger chance generation this year. Uh, with Caulfield out, the Habs obviously lost a lot of scoring punch. Um, I mean, just look at the guys who are on the top line. Like Montreal has Harvey Pinard and Josh Anderson on the top line. Chicago has Jason Dickinson as their number one center. Like, I'll just take my chances that the goaltending will be okay enough with these guys taking all these garbage shots all game. So I like under six and a half. <laughs> garbage shots. I like that. Uh, all right. Uh, Todd, one of the more widely available numbers on the under six and a half seems to be minus 120. Would you still yeah. pronounce it or would you still play it at that? Yeah. 
All right, so we'll take that. We'll lock that in at minus 120, under six and a half in the Montreal-Chicago game. And there you go. I'm getting he's, roasted. He's not here. afraid. He's not afraid of my guy, Raphael Harvey-Pinard, who I'm <laughs> yeah, pretty sure not. was a 17th century explorer who found the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> who was involved right. in the Louisiana Purchase. I don't know if those two historical things are oh, boy. Things, but yeah. <clears throat> there you go, though. I'm getting roasted for the pronunciation. Raleigh. What did I say? Ra- Raleigh? I Raleigh? I Raleigh? Raleigh? <laughs> yeah, I might have said Raleigh. Going yeah, to the Raleigh this weekend. <laughs> that's, my, that's, my, that's my bad. That's my bad. I'll take it. Raleigh. Raleigh. Raleigh, North Carolina. That's it. Yeah. Raleigh, North Carolina. All right. Yeah. Back on track. Uh, Todd, you have another play. Maybe. In another game here tonight, yeah, maybe <laughs> uh, the the, um, uh, the Senators going on going to the island to take on the New York Islanders tonight. Uh, Sens coming off a back to back, having beaten Calgary last night at home four to three. Going on the road to take on the Islanders, who are sitting just outside of an East Wild Card spot right now, one point back of Pitt. But they've played four more games than than the Penguins have. They are two points back of the Washington Capitals. Uh, one more game played than the Capitals. And they are on a two-game losing streak here, so they're going to be looking to right the ship, having lost to Vancouver six to five and the Habs four to three. There is this a spot for you, Todd, where you look at the Islanders in a good bounce back. You're facing off against a team you should beat. That team is also coming off a back to back, and you need to start getting points here. Uh, would you be looking to back the Islanders tonight? Yeah, I played the Islanders last night. And I played them more this morning. I really like the Islanders. I played them in regulation. Um, I'm not sure what the best available price is because on Betstamp, they're only showing up two books. Yeah. And there's a bunch missing that actually have odds because I've already checked. But um, anyways, I like the Islanders um, in regulation. As you mentioned, Senators are in a back-to-back. Uh, Anton Forsberg's out. Cam Talbot's out. So they're running with a goaltending tandem. Um, both guys have sub 900 save percentages in the AHL this year. So they're not NHL ready. They're just being forced into it because of injuries. Um, Mad Sogard, I think, is the more talented of the two young goalies that Ottawa has up. But he's wildly inconsistent, and he played last night. So I don't think starting him in the back-to-back and expecting another good effort is realistic. Um, the Islanders also, even though they haven't really scored that much, at least until they got Bo Horvat. Um, the last 10 games, they ranked top 10 in shot and expected goal generation. Um, so the Senators in a back-to-back without Jake Sanderson, who's one of the best defensemen, and with two HL goalies, I think they're going to lose rather handily. Uh, so I like the Islanders in regulation. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to agree with Todd here. and I'm not actually betting it. it the, the agreement is coming from the idea that they're generating a lot more scoring opportunities. And I looked at the market and how it reacted to the Bull Horvat uh, trade. And it's funny, it, it basically dropped the Canucks individual game win probability by about 5% on a daily basis, but it only increased the Islanders to about 2%. And it's just funny sort of in general that when a player, you know, on a one-sided or sort of key player trade that, the team that's losing the player gets the bigger downgrade than the team who gets the player gets an upgrade, except, and maybe this ends up being the case with Tarasenko as well. If we see an uptick and a significant uptick, as, as Todd mentions with the Islanders scoring opportunities, even though it hasn't necessarily translated from a money line standpoint, I believe they're two and two on the money line since getting Horvat. Then, then I think we have to look at sort of upgrading them beyond the sort of 2% that the market and the pricing has changed. 
And if that's the case, then all of a sudden, you know, we're talking about a 4%, 5% increase when the market's only giving them a 2% increase. And now I think you've got value on the Islanders. So uh, still a bit of a wait and see approach for me as we see the numbers kind of pile up here for the Islanders with Horvat. But if it, again, like Tarasenko with, you know, Panarin and the Rangers, if these guys end up being everything that they want those guys to be, and again, who knows if that means a playoff berth when it comes to the Islanders or, you know, something beyond that, right? That's kind of neither here nor there for, for the purposes of this discussion. Then there might be some value on the Islanders going forward if the market isn't going to sort of treat that Horvat acquisition, you know, as much as, you know, maybe they should. Okay, so Todd, I just want to ask you real quick before we uh, continue on here. So it's sitting at minus 118 is best price available on BetSimp. Is that in regulation? Is that something you would still play? I would, but I would also just take a look around because I know I know better okay. is available. It's just okay. not stinking up right now. All right, so we will track that. Uh, in the BetSimp app, if you want to track all the picks given out on this show, you can go to the BetSimp app. Find us in the Find Better section as Edgework after a big uh, big hit yesterday on regulation draw in the Florida-Minnesota game, plus 340, now put us back to up 48 units on the year. So uh, pretty good stuff from the Edgework crew so far this season. We look to continue that as we close out the regular season and then get ourselves into playoffs. So uh, 48 units, that's pretty good year so far for, for, this, uh, for this group that we got right now. Um, all right. Next game to look at, New Jersey on the road taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, New Jersey right now second in the Metro. They are three points back of Carolina. Uh, same number of games played, three points up on the Rangers, and they've got a game in hand on them. They are 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. Going to face a Columbus team that uh, is last in the NHL. Um, they should be able to beat Columbus here tonight. <laughs> Todd, I'm going to start with you because this New Jersey team is your team. But um, you're looking at New Jersey. Is this a potential leaf spot for New Jersey tonight? Or <laughs> what, what do we think about this game? Uh, I'm in a wait and see mode right now, dependent, like as far as playing it goes. I want to see if uh, Elvis is starting instead of Corpus Allo because Merzlikens has been like one of the two or three worst goalies in the NHL this year, whereas Corpus Allo has actually saved more goals than expected. He's just kind of a, a pain in the ass when you have to lay these big prices or play the puck line because he doesn't give you those free goals that you need to kind of cover those. So if Corpus Allo is starting, I'm probably just going to sit it out. But if it is Merzlikens, I'll likely play the Devils on the puck line. Um, they haven't been playing that great at 5 or 5 lately. But Columbus is just so bad, and now they're healthy scotch and Gavrikov um, because they're trade protection. So, like, the blue line was in shambles to begin with, and now they're losing one of their big-minute uh, stabilizers. I just think even without Jack Hughes, like, Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, Dougie Hamilton, the Devils have more than enough firepower to score goals. Um, so if it's Merzlikens in net, I'm going to be on the Devils puck line. I'm just kind of waiting to see. This, we should get news very soon, I would imagine. For me, this is the same thing as I, I dealt with on Saturday night. It's like, I see value on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Do I want to bet on the Columbus Blue Jackets inherently? No. Right? And sometimes that's going to burn you when they end up winning as plus, you know, three, 350 or whatever it was on Saturday night. Underdogs. The Jack Hughes thing, you know, Todd mentions, you know, they still generate without him. That sort of, that plays into the idea. Listen, 
you're probably always going to get value, theoretical value, betting on the Blue Jackets, whether that actually comes to fruition or not. That win on Saturday night might just have bought us, you know, again, those who bet on the Blue Jackets, not me, um, might have just bought you three more losses on the Blue Jackets. So I'm not, I don't get to play, you know, from that sort of mini accounting situation where it's like, well, I've got some Blue Jackets money burning a hole in my pocket. Might as well try it again. But to me, this is Blue Jackets or nothing. But the reality is it's probably just going to be nothing. The Blue Jackets are on essentially the no-bet list for me. Time out. Of the way. Oh, Time Todd's out. got something. I just <laughs> I went to the Blue Jackets insider, like their team reporter guy, and he wrote uh, a preview. And his projected lineup has Elvis Merzlikens as the starter. Um, he won last game, and I looked through, and Elvis hasn't not started the next game after winning all season. Uh, so if you want to risk it, you could play the Devils right now at probably a better price than you'll get in like 20 minutes, let's say, if it's announced that it's Elvis. Um, and you can always just cash out real quick or whatever if you wanted, if it is Corpus Allo, if you're not comfortable. Um, but I might just jump on it and take my chances. Okay. Which sounds like something that's going to be Blue Jackets plus 200, and I'm going to end up talking myself into. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm not thrilled about, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, the goalie announcements on here is always great. Getting to hear that—that's so money's thing. Uh, <laughs> the amount of times so money will be like, "All right, hold on, goalie, goalie news. We have a goalie in that here tonight." Uh, it's great though, but it's great for people to get that info in real time as it happens. If maybe they're not following along on Twitter, so uh, good way to get that. But also, just want to remind people: today will be the last day that we are streaming this to Twitter. So if you want to watch in the future, make sure to go. If you are a Twitter watcher, make sure to go over onto YouTube to watch there on the Edgework YouTube account. It'll all be switched over starting tomorrow just to YouTube. So it'll be the normal stream and everything, but just no longer on the Twitter broadcast. So. Just wanted to remind people of that or let you know so that tomorrow morning, if you are someone who watches on Twitter, you're not sitting there wondering where the heck the stream is. It'll be live on YouTube and only on YouTube starting tomorrow. Zach, so this is Todd and I are the last ones on here that are trying to convince people to come over to YouTube going forward. Correct. What a, what a horrendous <laughs> planning decision that is terrible production decision on my end <laughs> what I mean, a yeah, have we accounted for like i think 45 of the plus 48 units on the show this entire season yeah sure probably but you know even still like get it together over there man we've accounted for at least 45 percent of total bets that have been given out on the year i can tell <laughs> oh, you yeah. that's probably yeah. true <laughs> toddy props just fires in like a week's worth of plays in three minutes <laughs> <laughs> All right, a few more games before we get to toddy props here, of course. Uh, this Seattle-Winnipeg game is one that's interesting to me as you continue to watch the Western Conference uh, move every single game, every single night in the West seems to have some type of impact on the standings and uh, potential matchups come playoff time. I mean, you look at the East, it's pretty much set in terms of who's going to play who. Outside of the wild card spots, it's not really like people are going to be able to fight their way into the top three positions in either of those, so... It's mostly just home ice and who, what the matchups are in the East. Whereas you look at the West and every day you're getting some type of change. The amount of teams who are tied with points, but it's based on win percentage, uh, who's above who in those. And you got teams with games in hand who could potentially move up with just one single win. And all of a sudden they're pat surpassed someone. That's kind of the case that you have here going on with these two teams in Seattle and Winnipeg. Seattle is second in the Pacific right now. 
three points back of Vegas. They're one game in hand on the on the Golden Knights. Same points as Edmonton, one game in hand on them. Same points as the Kings, one game in uh, hand in, on them. I think that might have changed actually after last night's LA game. But uh, they're four, five, and one on the road in the last 10, 13, 10, or uh, four, five, and one in their last 10, 13, 10, and three on the road so far. The Seattle team was crushing it on the road for a period of time. It's kind of evened itself back out, but facing off against a Winnipeg team who is second in the Central, 5-5 uh, five and five in their last 10. They are on a two-game win streak right now, but beating two lower-end teams in St. Louis and Chicago. Great, great home team, 19-8 and eight at home, yet to go to overtime. Matt, would you uh, have a lean in this game or a side that you'd be looking to play between Seattle, Winnipeg, and your potential coach of the year candidate? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Zach. Uh, no, <laughs> like not the coach. It. <laughs> That's true. I'll slip you five bucks at the end of this. Um, no, so yeah, honestly, it's it's the market is caught up in the same way that they've caught up with the Jack Adams Award, right? He's Dave Haxtell is now the second choice for the Jack Adams Award. That's all we ever really asked for um, as of December. You know, we're asking for the Bruins to calm it down a little bit here down the stretch and maybe for Seattle to win the division. And, and since we're asking for that, I'll have uh, my made-up invisible little Seattle Kraken flag tonight. I'm not going to bet the game, right, because the market is caught up on the team. So now these both these teams, Winnipeg and Seattle, and listen, Winnipeg I've been on, I have been against on this show on a Tuesday – um, so I think I have them pretty, you know, accurately rated at this point. And so, you know, maybe there's a tiny lean to the Kraken, but there isn't certainly any value at plus what 130, you know, in that sort of range uh, at this point. And since I've already obviously uh, got enough stake in the Kraken from a macro perspective, uh, I'll just cheer away for the Kraken. And maybe if Dave Haxtell wins the Jack Adams Award, I'll buy an actual Seattle Kraken flag <laughs> for next season. Todd, what do you make of the goalie situation here in Seattle as it goes on? Uh, you kind of seeing somewhat of a similar thing with the Kings, a team that they are tied with in points with uh, out there in LA. But you're watching these two teams; they've got great teams in front of them. Not so much with the goaltending behind them at this point. It kind of hurts them a little bit, and it's something they're probably both looking at options as they approach this deadline. Uh, but when you're kind of evaluating the Seattle team in a spot where you're probably going up against a Vesna candidate goaltender in Connor Hellebuck. Uh, like, is there a way that you kind of deem one team uh, or like kind of position one team against the other? Um, well, for tonight, I jumped on the Jets last night at the opener, which was like minus 127. I don't really see value anymore. But with regards to the Kraken and the goaltending situation as, in general, it's just kind of disappointing because I honestly think they're in, in a wide open West they can kind of be a sleeper team come playoff time because they're so deep. Like not many teams have guys in their fourth lines that have, you know, 10 goals or 20 plus points or could be on the power play, that sort of thing. So I think their depth gives them a big advantage. They also are just a really solid defensive team, but the goaltending is just so bad and inconsistent that I feel like they could outshoot someone 35, 20 and, you know, lose anyways, like half the time because Jones and Grubauer are just so bad and they have so many resources committed to them too which makes it like even more difficult because it's hard for a team building perspective. Like what are you supposed to do with these guys? They're making all this money. Like do you invest even more money and stuff into the goaltending position? Like it's just uh, it's a rough spot for them to be in. Luckily they've got a next level head coach. 
That's correct. <laughs> moving yeah, that, the chess pieces. Moving the chess pieces. His around. pregame speech is like, guys, you got to be airtight tonight. These guys are garbage in that. If, if you give up, <laughs> if you give up any chances, we got We're gonna lose. You got to be locked in for sixty minutes. Give up seventeen shots, two quality chances. Let's go. Did you guys ever, when you were playing uh, minor hockey, have uh, a situation where you can't get a goalie, so one of the players has to play in net? Yes. Have you ever? Yes. That is what it reminds me of with certain teams in the <laughs> NHL now where they're just like, I remember one game vividly. We won like 5-1 and we had a player in net for us. Uh, it was probably minor midget or something around there. So it was old enough and we were blocking shots like you've never seen. Our goalie probably faced five shots all night. And it's just like, that's where I kind of go to, especially when I'm looking at like LA and Seattle. These guys are just the rangers tortorella shot blockers everywhere because that's what you have to do to win on a nightly basis listen we're gonna get to another team that that has that that has that situation here uh shortly but honestly like that i build i was gonna say i build like 87 percent of my handicap on that concept but the idea is like i build the entire you know i make the entire plane out of the black box like i make the entire handicap out of the idea that like yeah your goaltending might stink but the players know that and, you know, they have to make up for it. And, and that's, you know, when we do all this whole thing about who's going to start in net um, for all these, you know, teams. And listen, there's some cases where it's a massive, massive downgrade. And, you know, in a case, let's use the Tampa Bay Lightning as an example. But like Andre Vasilevsky doesn't play. Brian Elliott comes into play. And maybe the Lightning don't have that because they're sort of used to Brian Elliott back, being back there. But when there's that sort of a not maybe not level of emergency, uh, I was going to say quarterback, uh, emergency goaltender that has to come in or desperation type situation, like a lot of that gets kind of made up uh, uh, between the five or 20, you know, 18 skaters in front of them. Like you said, right, they, they're trying a little bit harder in that one game situation. So, again, I think we overrate a lot of the times the idea of like, oh, which goaltender is playing, especially if it's a situation where like that team is fighting for a playoff spot or has some sort of, you know, you know, extra motivation that they need, you know, and you see the market move like 25 cents because a goaltender's, you know, a different goaltender's playing. And unless it's an actual player, that goaltender is probably a professional goaltender that need, you know, and has the skills to be able to be good or good enough. And the players know that they probably have to help him out as well. So I think that's kind of a nice combination to bet on when you're getting, you know, sometimes 20, 30 cents uh, on the dollar for some of these, uh, some of these teams. Oh, we've got another time out here, Todd. We, <laughs> have, <laughs> we have Elvis Merzlikens confirmed. Uh, okay. Real quick here, Corpus there Allo plus 3.6 goals to save above expected. Elvis minus 23 and a half. So that's like a 27 goal swing Yeah, uh, over 20 but, plus games. And that's a so. great example though, Todd, right? Because like, but the, the jackets are used to having Merzlikens in there. But and but they're not like and, and I'm sure they know he's probably the worst goaltender, but they're used to having him back there. So this isn't sort of that idea of, oh, man, like we have to like save our goaltender. It's more just like, yeah, Elvis is back there. Like, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm not expecting like an, a superhero <clears throat> performance from the Blue Jackets to sort of save the goaltender. It's more yeah. just like because I'm sure, Zach, you can probably remember an instance where you had maybe the bad goaltender in net. And you're just kind of tired of him giving up the goals that you thought he probably should save. And you weren't really looking to work that hard in front of him. And you're just like, you know what? We're not necessarily throw this guy to the bus, but we're going to just let him have it back there. And, yeah. you know, eventually he'll get cut from the team. And, you know, we won't have to deal with it. This might, yeah. El Elvis might be dealing with the hopefully he gets cut from the team type circumstances <laughs> with Blue Jackets, which again is why they're on the no bet list by and large. 
Yeah, those are the goalies though where you look back there and it's and it's like no matter how hard I try tonight, you are going to screw me. So yeah. like, <laughs> yes. I'm going to block eight shots and you're going to face five and four going in. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, you're going to block more than the goalie will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, let's, let's stick with the Tampa Bay Lightning there, Matt, as you had brought them up. They sure. are facing Colorado Avalanche tonight, which I think that'll be an exciting game. Well, we got kind of, it was an unfortunate situation last week. I believe it was the Thursday show. So money had... Uh, given out uh, Colorado, he was interested in. I think we took them like minus 108. And maybe 25 minutes after the show came to a close, we got news that Kale McCarr was going to be out. And he was not only going to be out for that game, but he was going to be out for uh, about a week at that point. And uh, it kind of went against us. And then Colorado got spoked. But it happens. Uh, You're getting to see a rematch between these two teams here tonight and this Colorado team. They are looking to continue to add on points here. They're 10 points back of Dallas. Uh, They got three games in hand on them. They're seven points back of the Jets. They got two games in hand on them. 13-9-3 Thirteen nine and three at home, but this team has kind of been getting things going. Seven two and one in their last ten. Uh, Matt, do you think Colorado can continue this here tonight, or would you maybe look to Tampa Bay on the road against Avs? Well, with apologies to our friend, so money. I was on the Lightning that night, um, so didn't have to watch much of that game at all. As that game is yeah. quite the beatdown. I think the Lightning are the better team right now. I think they are appropriately favored. This opened, I think, minus, you know, around minus 109. And so we've seen that money come in here. Minus one, there we go, minus 117, 14, minus 120. We're getting a little out of control here. uh, But I would still sort of play this up to minus 130. So um, especially without Kale McCarr. And, you know, we talk about, you know, you know, I hate to sort of put it this way, but like we talk about some random dudes who are out that night and like and sort of build that into a handicap in a hockey game sometimes. You know, obviously just talked about, you know, some goaltending that I don't necessarily care one way or another who the goaltender is because I think both guys might not be all that good. In this case, if Kale McCarr doesn't matter, then what are we doing with the rest of these guys? And and the reality is like he has to matter. And so I have to build in a five percent edge or 5% drop downgrade to the avalanche without Makar in there. And if that's the case, then the lightning have to be valuable at what is essentially a round to pick them here, even though they're on the road and all of that sort of thing, right? Vasilevsky's going to be going to start. We don't have to worry about any of that. You know, um, obviously they just played last week. They, again, we're more than fine against Colorado. So, you know, I'm not looking if this gets any higher than, you know, minus 135, then no, but it seems like we're still far away from that. And so at the end of the day, like, Kale McCarr has to matter. And if Kale McCarr matters, then the price on the Lightning here is right for me. And if he doesn't matter, then no one matters. Because honestly, <laughs> relative to the rest of, you know, each guy's team, like we talked, you know, Austin Matthews obviously out for a long period of time. But a lot of the time, that's not built in. That wasn't really built in against the Blue Jackets this, this past weekend, regardless of who won the game. Because yeah. the Leafs should win that game anyway. Right. They have plenty of other weapons. And the, and honestly, the Avalanche, if they were playing the Blue Jackets, should probably win that game anyway. But when the Leafs play like the Bruins, as they did right at the end, you know, right before the All-Star break, then that's where it's going to get built in where Austin Matthews isn't there. And so when the Avalanche play the Lightning, that's where it should be built in that Kale McCarr isn't there. And so, again, this price to me reflects if Kale McCarr was in the lineup. He is not going to be in the lineup, and that makes it a bet for me on the Tampa Bay Lightning. And we'll see what happens. 
All right, so we lock that in. And again, you can track those picks on the Bet Stamp app in the Find Better section. Uh, we have two more best bets here before we get in of games before we get into uh, Toddy Props to close this out. So, uh, Todd, you're going with another Florida team here tonight. They are on the road as well, facing off against St. Louis. The Panthers on the road, um, chasing a playoff spot right now, uh, seeing doing everything they can to try to get back into it. Uh, Florida coming off this break, they look pretty good. They do get a win against the Wild last night, uh, two to one. Um, why would you be looking to back Florida on the road against St. Louis here in this spot? Uh, the short answer is St. Louis sucks. <laughs> uh, it's the answer so, I was actually thinking. I so, <laughs> sarcastically in my head, and I was like, I'm not going to say that on the show. And then as I was thinking it, Todd actually said it, so I couldn't be prouder right now. Okay, I got a longer answer, though. Oh, uh, oh okay. The Blues, bad five-on-five team all year. They're even worse last 10 games. 28th in expected goal share, which sandwiches them between Columbus and Montreal. You don't need me to tell you about Columbus and Montreal. Um, Jordan Bington's game has fallen off a cliff. Since Christmas, he's allowed at least three goals in 13 of 16 games, has an 880 save percentage in that time. The Blues are giving up a lot of looks. The Panthers are generating a lot of looks. I don't think Bennington is playing nearly well enough that you can rely on him to stop them. Um, so I like the Panthers on the money line. All right, there you go. Simple as that. Short answer is St. Louis sucks. <laughs> so we'll lock that in. And then, uh, Matt, final game that we've got to play in here tonight just from a uh, sides or totals perspective. Um, you're looking into the Pittsburgh-San Jose game tonight. Uh, San Jose at home. There's a lot of rumors around players who could be moved. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers potentially in on Norris Trophy candidate defenseman in San Jose. Uh, but despite all of that, Timo Meyer potentially on the move to uh, God, I hope not, Todd's Devils. Um, Timo Meyer Tuesday, let's go. <laughs> where, where do you stand uh, on the San Jose Sharks tonight at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins? It's the same place I stand on the San Jose Sharks all the time. It's It just feels there's always value on the San Jose Sharks. They're, for me, a top 10 even strength team. Obviously, you know, special teams, particularly power play, is good enough. But as we talked about with regards to the goaltending it's all, all, almost always bad. Now, James Reimer yeah. appears to have some sort of illness-type situation. We might be going back to the farmer in the Dell uh, with Aaron Dell tonight. That, it, But that's a situation where, like, that's a guy that a team will sort of fight for. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a guy that yeah. they're sick of and they're like, I can't believe <laughs> Elvis Merzlikens still gets paid to play hockey. Like, I can't, you know, are the checks still cashing? That's ridiculous. This, you know, Aaron Dell comes in. He's played like three games all season. And they're like, okay, you know what? Frankly, we were kind of tired of James Reimer and Capo Kakinen giving up a ton of goals. It can't get any worse. So maybe let's give this Aaron Dell fellow a chance and we'll play, you know, sort of a little more responsibly, defensively, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Meanwhile, Pittsburgh not exactly just lighting it up here with their goaltending situation either. So we're, you know, now we're talking, what, plus 140 as the best price, you know, plus yeah. 135 is the bet that I made. Uh, that's, you know, more than sensible. Honestly, if you get any sort of goaltending from the Sharks here at home, kind of think that this, this game should be at least a pick em. If not, maybe the Sharks a tiny bit favored. And I know that sort of sounds crazy based on where these teams are in the standings. But that's why we don't use the standings when we're handicapping hockey games or you know market values, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, give me the Sharks here, plus 135. And honestly, maybe it's the last time I get to make a case for the Sharks as currently constructed. Because as you mentioned, maybe they get entirely gutted. 
who knows? Um, but we're going to ride it as we can here. It's what their three of their last four uh, victories. I'm pretty sure all in significant plus money. So yeah, give me the Sharks. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch Timo Meyer play alongside uh, John Tavares and and uh... Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes. <laughs> yeah, listen, you can't you can't mortgage the future if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs because no, of that's not. what everybody's worried about is three, four, seven years down the line want to be competitive don't want to make too much of a, of a noise now we don't want to ruffle any feathers come playoff time we want to make sure everybody gets their time off in the summertime so that they're well rested oh, come from, on. for three years from now <clears throat> yeah you got to have good work-life balance right you know take time yeah, don't want to give up any of those your... prospects they're probably gonna be better than john Tavares and austin matthews and mitch martyr anyway as i understand it Right, those guys are yeah. great. I don't know their <laughs> names, but I'm sure they're awesome. You don't want to go for Timo Meyer or uh, or any sort of defensive help or any depth whatsoever. So yeah, you want to keep it. Keep it tidy. <laughs> Last game we didn't have a best bet in, but I'll, I'll leave it open if if uh, anyone has any opinions on the game. Matt, we'll start with you. Boston, Dallas. Uh, do you have any opinions on the Boston Dallas game? I know we didn't have any best bets, but uh, it's the only yeah. game we didn't cover, so. Yeah, I forgot it was a game to complete. To be completely <laughs> yeah. honest with you. Uh, what are our prices on this? Zach, can we get something uh, plus 115 with Dallas? Because if we can find ourselves a plus 115 out there, that's Just the price shy. I'm looking to. Just shy. So again, yeah. we're leaning. We got a couple of leans here. We're going to keep an eye on the old marketplace here. And uh, if we can get the stars plus 115, we'll fire away on that. So yeah, you want to lean. There's your lean. Let's keep an eye on the price. All right. Todd, anything for you in this one that you'd look at lean towards? No, Just no that. side, no total, no props, no nothing. I'm staying away from that. Oh, I'll, I'll enjoy watching it. Maybe that's about yeah, it. There Just you go. That's the cliffhanger. Will he watch it? Shake. <laughs> yeah. you know? Probably not. Actually, I'll be watching the Devils face the Blue Jackets that marquee game. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> All right, Todd. Uh, we've made the people wait long enough. Toddy props uh, accounts for the most bets given out on the season so far for the Edgeware crew. Let's hear the props for tonight. Okay, I only have five today, which is honestly kind of disappointing considering there's nine <laughs> games or ten games or whatever there is. But uh, quality over quantity. Uh, so, yep. Team Meyer Tuesday, as always, over four and a half shots, uh, plus 110 I've got. Um, Penguins have not defended well this year. They have not defended well of late. Uh, last ten games, they're third last in shots against per game. Only teams that have allowed more are Arizona and Anaheim, I believe. That's not good company to be keeping, obviously. Uh, Meyer is a beast. He averages something like nine attempts per game on home soil. Needs to hit the net about half of them to to hit. I think he's going to have a big night. Uh, last time he faced Pittsburgh, it was on the road. Pittsburgh got the matchups they wanted. He still had seven attempts, four shots. was right there. Uh, so I like Meyer at plus money. Uh, Jordan Cairo, over three and a half shots, plus 100. Uh, the last 10 games, he leads the Blues in shots by like 20. Leads them in attempts by like 35 He's priority number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten for the Blues right now. They're just feeding him shots. And while I like Florida to win tonight, obviously, they play high pace hockey and they do give up quite a few shots. So I think they're going to be coming off Kyrou's stick. Uh, Dougie Hamilton, over three and a half. I got minus 102. I'd play that to like minus 130, honestly. Uh, Blue Jackets, last or second last in the league in shots against per game to defensemen. Um, they're sitting Gavrikov, as I mentioned, which is going to make them even worse defensively than they already are. And without Jack Hughes, Dougie Hamilton has 22 attempts and eight scoring chances in three games. Both of those lead the Devils. 
So he's shooting a ton right now, taking on even more responsibility without Hughes to create offense. Uh, Noah Dobson, over 2.5, plus 118. Uh, he's a guy who's much, much better on home than on the road. Uh, his hit rate at home is, I believe, just under 60%. His hit rate on the road is 40%. He averages seven attempts per game on home, which is Dougie Hamilton numbers. And Hamilton shot line is always 3.5, not 2.5. Dobson only averages 5.5 uh, shot attempts on the road, so it's a big difference. Uh, Ottawa's in a road back-to-back. They're not that great defensively to begin with, so I like Dobson. And finally, we have Martin Neckass uh, on the Hurricanes, over 2.5, plus 100. Um, on the road this year, he has a 74% hit rate, which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Aho's line tends to face the toughest matchups, so he kind of sneaks in there and gets to face the middle-tier competition, and clearly he feasts on that. Uh, with Ovechkin out, too, the Capitals are a little bit worse. Obviously, the uh, Ovechkin's defensive prowess isn't what makes him good, but I think the Hurricanes are going to control a lot of the puck in this game, uh, and I think that's a good price for him. All right, there you go. So uh, to recap our picks from today, we are we got uh, Martin Eckes over 2.5 shots on goal, under 6.5 in the Chicago-Montreal game, Noah Dobson over two and a half shots on goal and uh, Islanders in regulation against the Ottawa Senators tonight. Dougie Hamilton over three and a half shots on goal. Jordan Cairo over three and a half shots on goal. Florida money line, uh, Tampa money line, Timo Meyer over four and a half shots on goal as well as San Jose money line. And if you want to track all the picks that are given out, obviously make sure to watch the show in real time live here on the Edgework YouTube channel. And reminder again, today's the last day on Twitter. So if you are someone who watches on Twitter, make sure to go over to the Edgework YouTube channel, subscribe there so that you don't miss a show going forward. We will be only on YouTube from this point on. So make sure to go check that out. But if you want to track all the picks, you can download the Betstamp app. You'll find us in the Find Better section as Edgework H q up 48 units so far on the season so we've been uh we've been doing really well so far as a as a crew but make sure to go over to the bet stamp app to track everything there um Matt, zach Todd, zach i yep. just uh i want to address the te- the text that you just sent me um no i will not be putting together an xfl nhl cross sport parlay for this weekend <laughs> you can't make me so why no. why not no what <laughs> That was all I was looking for. I got hooked on those cross-sport props after the one you gave out, after the one Alex gave out, and then Rob and Andy gave out some on the Friday show. I was all in on the cross-sport. I was leaning on you to kind of redeem yourself after the Connor McDavid little mishap on on Sunday, but... No, I'm not trusting him. I'm not trusting the Brahmas. I'm not trusting the Sea Dragons. (laughs) None of that stuff. So, you know what? Take your text and you know what to do with it, pal. So get out of here. Sorry, it won't happen again. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll have a. There's a question here, real quick, and I'll answer this. Or uh, we can answer this before we get out of here. But Joshua D'Souza asking, please tell us why San Jose Pitt should be pick them. Um, yeah. Matt, do you have a reasoning behind this? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I have them about. A, I have the Sharks about ten percent above average on their even strength play, uh, weighted to recent play. Okay, throw in a little home ice advantage. Then we go, okay, well, it's Pittsburgh doing. I have Pittsburgh right now only about 2% above average. And now they go on the road to face San Jose. And honestly, the goaltending issue for San Jose is an issue. 
But when it comes to one game and one game only, when I factor in the even strength play that the Sharks have shown us here in the last little bit, now again, not necessarily translating to victories up until the last couple of weeks, right? I'm not betting on the team two months ago. I'm not betting on the two teams who, you know, playing a month ago. I'm not betting on the jerseys and I'm not betting on the names. I'm betting on how they're playing right now and a particularly weighted five on five. And the Sharks five on five are just the better team right now. So give me that plus the home ice advantage and knowing that I'm probably in trouble here with either Aaron Dell or James Reimer, but it's one game and it's 60 minutes. And I honestly, I think it's a coin flip game that we're getting plus 130 on for the Sharks. Does that mean it's a guaranteed victory? Absolutely not. But again, I think this is closer to a coin flip than the market thinks. I, w- I will back Matt real quick here too. I didn't, I didn't want to game. say the Casey DeSmith sucks thing like Todd would, but <laughs> you're right. I didn't bet the game, but Jordan if I did, great. I would lean the Sharks as well. Uh, they have the fourth best high danger chance differential in the league at five or five this year. Basically, the only reason they suck is because they're goaltenders. So if you want to take your chance that they can be somewhat respectable for one game, then they have. And it. honestly, that is my brand is I take chance. I take my chances with sort of crappy goaltending being okay for one game. If I'm getting yeah. a plus money or valuable price and that's the case here, right? I wouldn't bet. I put it this way. If it was a pick I wouldn't bet it, but if it was plus one thirty, now that it is plus one thirty, there's some plus one forties out there. Absolutely. It's a play for me. And uh, that works well for me. Might not work well for you. And that's totally fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had this, I had a similar experience last year, Matt down the stretch, especially with like, you're in a situation where maybe just the number gets too far and you're looking at like someone has, uh, I don't know the right word, but it would be like overvalued the goalie who's bad in terms of like sending the number too far. And then you're yeah. kind of like, okay, well at this point I it's, you can take a chance. Cause one thing too, I always think, and people may disagree and I understand that it, but especially people who are so, so much more into numbers and stuff, but like, especially having played and kind of seeing it or having friends around things as well as like these guys are paid to play too like no matter how bad the team is yeah they're gonna they're they're not going completely defeated on a season they're gonna find wins at some point so like you got to pick and choose your spots you can find good ones in there yeah and if you have a plan and and honestly it comes down to what's important to you right what's like if you think power plays and power play efficiency is the most important thing, then that's up to you to sort of build your handicap around that. I don't. You're going to get three or four uh, power plays per game. The best power play in the league is going to be about 25%. So maybe they're getting a goal if they even generate four power play opportunities. Maybe you're getting a goal that way. Meanwhile, there's nothing to say that some bad power play team isn't going to get five power play opportunities, score one time, and that's you know only 20% efficiency. So no, I don't really care all that much about power play efficiency in a game-to-game basis. Over the course of a season, when we're talking about you know point totals, et cetera, et cetera. And then by the way, we're talking also about three-on-three overtime and shootouts deciding a lot of these games. And when we're talking the NHL, we talk about depth, right? Like good teams have good depth. You don't need depth and three-on-three overtime. You can run the same six guys out there. And you can go to any team in the NHL. You can go to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And when Line and Goudreau, et cetera, are the only guys who play in three-on-three overtime, or they're involved as two of your three shooters in the shootout, all of a sudden, things even out a lot, you know, a lot quicker. And so if you're playing these plus money prices over and over again, why make it difficult on yourself? You can be profitable betting on hockey by winning 47% of the time. 
if you're playing the right games and have the right sort of you know idea going forward you don't have to try to win 66 percent of the time by constantly betting you know minus 200s and minus 180s etc cetera, etc cetera. it's the nhl yeah. a lot of this comes down to bounces and and that sort of thing a lot of it comes down to shootouts in the overtime well and i mean you want an example of that look at our edge work account this year we're at 246 and 255 and six pushes and like we're that's technically a losing record and we're up 48 units and 8.5 percent roi like it you can you can get from that so uh and matt last thing we'll ask you before we wrap up i swear last thing uh, but <laughs> no. uh in these situations and joshua d'souza asking he says thanks for answering how many units are you staking what is your edge percent uh maybe you don't have to answer the edge percent but as in a situation like this when sure. uh in essence maybe you're taking for people who might be listening on podcasts like air quote um a flyer on a team um do you full is it a full unit kind of thing or how do you play them yourself yeah i play one unit on an on an underdog and on a favorite i'll bet more than a unit to win a unit right that's what i did too right and that's that's sort of as simple as possible i i I shut down the old ipad because i thought we were done here i thought i was (laughs) sorry uh (laughs) with my uh, with my xfl joke so i'm just busting that out um i have well like i said it, it's about you know i think it should be about a pick which is you know suggests obviously pretty close to 50 50 and at plus 130 we're talking about what 46 percent. so it's about four percent edge i think on that game i mean you guys can do the math at home now that my ipad shut down on me um <laughs> but yeah you know again if it was i'll put it this way if it was larger than that and i didn't have some significant reason then i would sort of look at my numbers being wrong so there's kind of the sweet spot of like a, a, a three four five percent edge as the market ebbs and flows and also having sort of reasoning behind it so in right. our case as todd mentioned right the five on five you know high danger chance rate and et cetera, et cetera. like that's the stuff that i think is important because if you're creating high danger chances and if you're the better team five on five like i have to rely on that for you to be sort of the better team create more power plays by being in the offensive zone by creating those high danger chances right like all of that stuff like you know sort of equals the next thing right like having good players equals creating high danger chances and expected goals and doing so at even strength and all of that sort of thing like it all kind of puts it together and the thing that can derail it as we mentioned is goaltending but again for 60 minutes when maybe it's Arendelle, um i'm willing to i'm willing to back on the sharks here and, it, and you know it's honestly less about the sharks and more about just the numbers behind it and over the course of and how many games are there in the regular season a thousand some odd games in the regular season Again, we're going to get 400 of them right. We're going to get 500 of them wrong, but we're still probably going to end up profitable at the end of the season. All right. Thank you guys for the insight today. Todd, I hope you're doing okay uh, as this week continues on. And if anything, you can take a lesson from me. And it's there's always next year, man. There's always next year. It's a, it's a learning experience, and you move forward. You pick yourself up. It'll be okay. So I thank you for braving it out, coming on the show today and talking about your experience. That was a really brave of you um we appreciate that but todd matt thank you guys for the insight today greatly appreciate it as always uh we will be back here next tuesday with todd and matt again and maybe alex will join us if the habs continue to lose games he'll be happy again and uh and we'll be able to come make a appear back on the show uh, but a reminder if you guys were watching on twitter if you were someone who watches regularly on twitter 
starting tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, February 15th. We will no longer be streaming to there. It'll only be here on the Edgework YouTube channel. So please make sure to go over there, subscribe to the channel. You can like this stream as well. Helps us get out there a little bit. And if you want to track all the picks given out on the show, make sure to download the BetStamp app. Go to the Find Better section where you'll find us there as Edgework HQ. You can see all the picks given out throughout the course of the season, our futures bets that are pending, as well as the bets for that night so you can track them in real time, get notified, and see how we've done. Thank you to everyone who tuned in here today. If you want to listen to it back after, you can find us on all podcasting platforms. But until then, we will see you tomorrow morning back for another live show at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Good luck with your bets tonight. We'll be right back.